Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Joel A. Erickson will join us coming up at 8.30. We'll talk some Colts with him. We'll talk, uh, obviously, about the game on Sunday, last Sunday, and this Sunday, the injury to Anthony Richardson, a little JT, a ton to talk about in Colts land. And then our injury expert, uh, expert Will Carroll, will join us coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. You know what today is, fellas? Do you know what today is? Do you know what tomorrow today is? Today is Columbus Day. Oh, well, I thought that was yesterday. Yeah, was, was it yesterday? yesterday? Well, yeah, it's, it, yesterday. It's, on, it's on a boy. I mean, that's okay. on like every one of your calendars. If you go to your, any any of your nine Apple products over there that KB has, will alert you. Guessing, uh, okay, October 10th. What that, is that? Was, that was yesterday. It's today and it's tomorrow. You better get ready. It's Amazon Prime Day. Oh. Is that a big deal in the Bowen or the Dykton household? Uh, I, you get 18% off something that you could buy at any is. other time. I mean, I, I can't say I, I'm too active on the Amazon. <laughs> On list that needs to be uh, oh, checked Lord off. Oh, heavens. But Amazon's showing up in my house every other day, I was going to say, I guess Mason Sweeney's going to be a recipient of a lot of that, right? Uh, yeah, we we just need a bunch of things. Plus, you can, you know, it's easy to return everything, so you can buy it and then, you know, if you don't like it. So, uh, fellas, if the Has Amazon man... still yet to see a Giants win? Uh, well, no, Little Gas, he technically saw the Arizona win. You damn God, well know the Giants. Saw. I mean, he was, yeah, we were He's in the hospital. He's not been home, I guess, yet. He's not been home. A, a you you know he hasn't been home for a Giants win. But wait till Monday they, night, right? They've had two games and or they Sunday lost. night, aren't they in primetime this the, week? Yeah. The, the leading rusher, uh, a Kane, is that how you say his last name of Miami, hurt his knee in that game. That's a bummer for him. What a what a, what a a crappy game He's to injure yourself. fantasy team. Yeah, that's not good for you or I. Can I give you a, co- a, a question for Minshew? I have like three things I want to get to today. And I know we're going to jump into the Jonathan Taylor stuff here in just a second. Like, you know, in baseball, they have war wins above replacement, right? Um, you know, I mean, you know, you know, you know how, how, you know, sometimes even like a big time player, his war can be, well, he's three games better than the average major leaguer. And I only bring that up because what now changes, at least for Colts fans in your mind, what changes with Gardner Minshew being the starting quarterback and have it being clear cut that he's the starting quarterback. The Jags know he's going to play all four quarters. You know you can get ready like the Baltimore game that he's even that he's going to play all four quarters. And, and now you're living and dying each and every play with Gardner Minshew. And I'm trying to figure out there's not a sense of panic. I don't sense amongst fans. Um, but they're also not going to be in some areas as dynamic. Uh, you know, obviously not having Anthony Richardson. So I wonder what changes now that Minshew officially is the guy and is going to be the guy for a number of weeks. How fans feel about that and what, you know, what, what ultimately how their record is going to be affected over the next four, five, six games. And I don't have an answer for any of this. I really don't because Minshew has been good enough. I think they fall off somewhere, but also we don't have very much data on Anthony Richardson at all. Yeah, I mean, certainly we'll continue to await how long Richardson is going to be out. 
Um, you know, the thing about Minshew that I thought has stood out to me in the two games that he's been asked to come into the games and played over half. You know, Houston, it was early in the second quarter. And then on Sunday, we saw him late in the second quarter. Andy, I feel like what he gives you is exactly what coaches dream of out of the backup quarterback, and that is reliability, consistency. You know, when I think of backup quarterbacks, I think of volatility. I think of them coming in the game, and all of a sudden it's like one moment they might be able to spark you on a third and 12, and they might chuck one 22 yards, and they're so damn excited they sprint up to the line of scrimmage. Next pass, they throw it to the other team. Like that sort of thing. And I, I mean, I remember back when... Jacoby Brissett got hurt in the 2019 season. Brian Hoyer enters the game. And I mean, at the time, Brian Hoyer was thought to be like a veteran backup, somebody that had a resume. And in that game, there were moments against Pittsburgh where like Hoyer threw balls into tight windows and great. He also threw a 90-some yard pick six to Minka Fitzpatrick. (laughs) That was a huge play in the game. So I think what Minshew has given you in the two big-time relief appearances, and even the Baltimore game to a degree, just solid, methodical, stay away from the awful play. And honestly, in this day and age, considering the lack of practice time that these guys have, that's about all you can ask for out of a backup quarterback. Well, it, can now, keep, it can keep you in games if your defense is playing well. And your Zach, run game looks like Zach it did Moss on Sunday. and Jonathan Taylor, I guess, does it catch up to the Colts? Well, These are I, things I'm wondering. Now that he's the guy, you know, now, now you can fully game plan for Minshew. And I don't know the answer to that. I mean, Minshew's been in this league for how many years? I mean, people know what he can do. And, and what, before the Baltimore game, he had lost 10 straight? Starts. Well, was he, it, he had never beat a team over 500. He was 0-7, I think, yeah. going into that game. I mean, he lost two games as a starter last year with Philadelphia skilled yeah. talent around him. So I do think that is something that you have to note of. You know, there's a I think it was nine of ten starts maybe he had lost entering that that Baltimore game. You do probably get exposed more when you become a full-time starter. And I think as equal as it is. Andy, it's beneficial for Gardner Minshew to prepare all week to be the starter. That same thing can be said for Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. You go back, right. go back and watch the Zach. That's kind of my point. Go right. back and watch the Zach Moss touchdown run. If you watch that from Sunday, Tennessee has not one but two defenders that they make their first or second or even more than that false steps towards Richardson, thinking he's going to keep it. And what does that do? That takes the corner out on the edge. That takes the safety that's over on that side because that play initially started with Richardson kind of handed it to Zach Moss on his right side. Moss then cut it to the left side, obviously got some great blocking. That threat is not there anymore for however long Richardson is going to be out. So, again, I think Minshew can methodically keep you away from the disastrous stuff that some backups just can't stay away from because I don't know if you guys feel this way. Every week in fantasy, I'm always like, where are the backup quarterbacks starting? And let me pick up that defense that (laughs) that is playing the backup QB. That's like my thought process. With Minshew, I don't necessarily feel that way. If you get what I'm saying, like, I don't see him coming out and being like, here's two picks and here's a lost fumble. Now, I don't think he's throwing for 302 touchdowns either. So that's just kind of the give and take that you have. But again, he provides an opportunity if your defense can do the heavy lifting, if Taylor and Moss can be that, you know, one, two punch to keep you in ballgames. By the way, it just seems like if you're playing, now I know they scored 31, but if you're playing Zach Wilson, 
Uh, I kind of feel like Daniel Jones, perhaps the Carolina Panthers. Is Daniel Jones uh, out this week? Uh, who cares? Uh, the, the Tyrod <laughs> Taylor, uh, anything involving the Patriots. I kind of feel like those four teams, perhaps Pittsburgh. There's four or five teams that offensively you can say, you know what, I'll throw my defense out there. We'll pick up a defense on the waiver wire. How about that? I do want to get into the Jonathan Taylor yeah, contract situation because we really didn't get an opportunity to do it. Obviously, the news broke on Saturday afternoon. And there's so many questions, Andy, that I think we still have. Like, why now? Uh, what changed for the Colts? Um, would Taylor have played had he not gotten the contract extension? Is that like a relevant question? I, I don't know. I mean, he was asked that after the game, typical Taylor fashion. Oh, I think Wanted it is. I think it is. No part of answering it whatsoever. Um, and I want to cue up this clip. This is from uh, when Jake and I were doing the morning show, Andy, back in late July. It was actually the day out at the State Fair, which was quite a chaotic show with all the rain that came down at the State Fair. But at that point, Andy, we were, little did we know, it was actually the day before Jim Irsay told Jonathan Taylor, hop on the bus at training <laughs> camp. I remember. Uh, but at that point, we were a few days into camp. Taylor was on the pup list, and the questions were starting to build about, okay, how big of an issue is this? This seems to be a little bit more bigger than maybe we originally thought. And back then, I tried to explain, because at times I feel like I've been talking out of both sides of my mouth with this Taylor situation, and I hate doing that. But basically, I kind of have an overall philosophy, Andy, of don't draft running backs early because you do run into this oh man, should we give them the second contract extension? Do we feel like they can play for us for six, seven, eight years? Those sorts of questions I think you don't want to get into when you're talking first, second, third round picks. But when you've got Anthony Richardson, almost all of that philosophy goes out the window for me because you need to support him so, so much. And that's why I was a fan of extending Taylor. And in a way, very similar to the fashion that the Colts did. So again, this clip from about two and a half months ago, I think for the most part, kind of explains my thinking, having now seen the deal, put uh, pen to paper. Off, you got to start with the overall building philosophy. And I know we've touched on this several times, but I think it's worth repeating. You don't build your team around running backs, guards, and linebackers. You don't just pay any sort of position premium money. That's the root of this, and that's where Taylor's frustration is, is that there's past precedent in all of this. Having said that, you've got to live in the present. So let's live on you know, July 28, 2023. Jake, the Colts have $19 in cap space right now. $19 in cap space. So why not use that? Why not hand Jonathan Taylor a three-year extension? So that would be 2023. It would kick in right now. 2023... 2024, 2025. So I guess you'd rip up the final year, three-year deal on that. Why is that relevant through 2025? Because that's when you have to make the first big decision on Anthony Richardson. Once you get through year three with Richardson, that's when you decide whether or not you pick up the team option on him. So what you're doing with Taylor is you're front-loading that contract with ample cap space you have right now when you're not going to use it on seemingly anybody else I guess maybe Michael Pittman but that doesn't seem to be happening 
and I think what you look at, Andy, with that, again, that was a couple of months ago. That it was at the fair. What was going on? By, I'm always interested. Where were you guys at? Uh, Opening with the day fair? the fair, right at the well, dairy bar. You're, uh, okay, right that's what I was. Front. That's what I was going to say. Jamilka cow. Did we any of that some happen? Grilled cheese. We oh, had some milkshakes, yes. and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Mother Nature unleashed on us, and we went indoors. That was God, that was quite the show. What was that? I think I feel like it was Mark. Were you? Was I was Sam off Fritz? that day. I was yeah. not there. Sam Fritz was scrambling back in studio on that one. Good job, Mark. Uh, did a picking very the, nice. Picking the right day, Mark. I missed that day, nice and job. I missed the day that Kevin took his shirt off in studio from Micah Shrewsbury. So I picked a hell of some PTO time. Yeah. Mark can see the future. Mother Cleo over there, Mark Dykton. Uh, so it ended up being three years and $42 million. Again, I three for 39 was a ballpark that I had. Three for 42 is what it ended up being. Yeah, you were right on and, this. And Andy, they actually did do the 2026 year, but... That 2026 season, 13 million um, is available. None of that is guaranteed, though. Mm -hmm. So that timeline that I kind of laid out there of after 2025, when you're due to make a decision on Richardson, technically, you could be done with Taylor if you want to be done with him, even though right now it says extended through 2026. And to me, that is the ideal scenario for what you want to do. Because at that point... You're three years into the Richardson experience. Jonathan Taylor is now reaching, what, age 27, I think he would be, at that point. So, age 27 for a running back is like age 32 for pretty much any other position. So, now you can sit there and say, all right, what does Richardson need? Does he need a bona fide running back? Do we love the explosive nature that we've had for the past few years? Does he need weapons elsewhere? You can now use the Taylor money and decide if it should be used again on Taylor, which, to be fair, is probably unlikely considering his age and just how running backs operate. But to me, it adds up to the exact timeline that the Colts needed to do in trying to continue to support their young quarterback. When I look at this contractually, strictly length, strictly money, Money. To me, this checks out so much, and kudos to the Colts for coming around on that eventually. Uh, yeah, okay, so there, there's a number of things here. Even if you look at the 2026 out that you're talking about, the dead cap money's only two and a half mil, which is, which is absolutely nothing. I know the narrative is, you know, we talked about over the weekend, and not as much yesterday because of the game and because of the injury and everything else. You know, KB, we talked so much about winners and losers in this entire fiasco over over the the final you know several weeks, and I, I just I would love to know. And we sit here today, and I feel like it's when I first started with you a couple months ago. And I remember the narrative being that we don't know, we don't, we don't, we didn't know the health of of, uh, of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, we truly didn't know what kind of contract was actually going to be out there. We didn't know who in the NFL would want Jonathan Taylor. We didn't know what kind of compensation um, a team would give for JT. We didn't know what the Colts and Jim are saying Chris Ballard would want as compensation. And some of those things start to leak out and some of it's sympathetic media and some of it, you know, some of it's tinged with, well, this is the team or this is the agent and the player and you have to know where all that's coming from. 
in the end, it feels like they met in the middle, does it not? It feels like they made a deal that got JT his money, but wasn't also above and beyond, right? That wasn't ridiculous yeah, for the Colts to do. third in the running back annual value. I, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey would be above him in that. If you look at 24, so you get him in 2024 and 2025 when he's 25 and 26 years old, and then you mentioned the out there at 2026 where he would only be 27 years old, and if Jonathan Taylor hit the market in 26 or 27 uh, when he becomes an uh, unrestricted free agent, he has then another chance before he's 30 to get a couple years of being paid as well. He leaves himself open. Hey, I can make more if I play well here in Indianapolis. It's going to be here in Indy. It's going to be somewhere else that I can make money, um, that I can get one more contract. Maybe not as big as this one, but I can get another contract and it protects the Colts where you're not paying him till he's 32 years old and he's not nearly the player uh, that he is. I, I just, the things I go back to is why the change? And well, again, this goes, file this under, we may never know. Why the change for the Colts? Like when, it seems like a lot of unnecessary when, drama. When, when they, absolutely, when they held all of the leverage and when this deal isn't crazy, did JT give? Did he say, oh, I wanted more than this. I wanted more years. I wanted more money. I didn't want to be, you know, where you could move on from me before the 2026 season. I have no idea. Why did the Colts? Is it their record? I, I, I'm just asking. I have no idea that they're in it perhaps more this year than other years. Why was there the tough talk and then it wasn't carried all the way through? Hell, I love the JTs here. I think this is a good deal for both of them, but the why to all of this is still just really confusing. And what did JT know when he got up there on Thursday, guys? What did he know? I mean, did he know, hey, I'm playing this close to the vest. I'm smiling. I'm talking about my health because we are close to making me a lot of money here in the next 24 to 48 hours. And again, that's something we probably will not know. Well, something that was clear too, we heard from Jim Irsay over the weekend and he clearly had hesitancy. I mean, he has a direct quote of like, this happened sooner than I would have liked it it's to such happen. such a great Jim Irsay quote. So it really it, is. It is pure Irsay, certainly. And obviously we know his track record with paying running backs. It's not something that he is too big of a fan on in this. So yeah, what cha- I mean... We always wanted to find a winner and a loser. That's just natural. Everyone won in this case. I agree you know, with I, you. I, you know, did Taylor win more than the others? Probably yeah. because you know he got paid for all four weeks on the pup list. He didn't take a single hit in the first four weeks of the season. Got paid his full contract and now makes this money and has a nice guarantee on the contract of what twenty six and a half million, I believe, is the guarantee as well. That's great running back money. Um, so Taylor clearly is probably the biggest winner, but at the same time. Anthony Richardson wins, Chris Ballard wins, the Colts win, the fan base wins, and I was half joking when I said this at the start of the show, Andy, but I do kind of mean it. It's not at the top of the reasons why you get this contract done, but holy hell, thank the Lord it's finally over. <laughs> well, it, I, it's I, over and because think yeah, about this, Andy. I look at this a little bit different than you. Go ahead. If you would have franchise tagged him, wow. you would have done the same song and dance through the 2024 oh, calendar year. It would have been Look drama. at how Saquon Barkley and your Giants 100%. had that happen. Look at how Josh Jacobs and the Raiders had that play out last season. This would have been the same exact thing. Into August. In all, and maybe least, even bigger because, again, it is the franchise tag. Uh, Taylor clearly had an aggressive stance this season in wanting to you know, hold in, hold out, however you want, 
one to describe it. But now it's like, okay, we'll discuss it today because we haven't given it proper attention since it happened on Saturday. Naturally, you'll probably talk about it on occasion here in the next couple of days. But the day-in, day-out process of this relationship, where it's at, the awkwardness of it, will you pay him, will you franchise tag him, will you give him a contract extension, all those questions are pretty much done. And for Anthony Richardson watching how an NFL franchise operates, that to me is finally a good thing. Enough drama had played out for Richardson to see it. Now, this is under the rug. And I think that is a good thing when you're talking about let's talk football, let's talk actual, you know, other items that every Sunday those things matter and it's not the business side of it, which clearly can get really, really messy. The only thing I'll disagree with you on is the the soap opera of the NFL and this sort of thing is really good for business. <laughs> it's really but that's but, a very selfish comment yes, by you. No, it's a hundred percent selfishness. But this would have went all the way into August. I know, it, and uh, you it know what? Be, you it, are right. Selfishly, it was great for us, but I was exhausted. You were, t- you were man. tired of it. Listen, I understand, and, well, and maybe because Andy, you didn't and, know anything. Well, we didn't know anything. We didn't know anything. And in this market, we're not used to this. The, sure. the, the, the Colts have used the franchise tag one time since twenty thirteen. And that was Pat McAfee a decade ago. Like, this stuff does not happen, and it doesn't happen as publicly as we saw it happen. You think they use it this coming season? And now, and, Michael and Pittman? I, several questions <laughs> I have gotten here as this conversation has started. One from Matt, one here from IU Sears of, does that mean Michael Pittman gets the franchise tag? And, you know, certainly that'll be a debate. And, you know, Pittman has no, no resume that compares to Taylor. Let, I mean, right. let's let's make that very clear. Well, where they are in their position, where Jonathan Taylor is with the running backs, and where Pittman is, while a fine player is not in the top three, four, five, six of his position. I went on with Hammer and Nigel on our sister station yesterday afternoon, and that was a question that Hammer asked me: of Does this set up the precedent to the Colts locker room and saying, if you whine enough and if you're public enough with this, will you eventually get your way? It's a fair question to be asked. It's also welcome to sports a little bit. It's a little welcome to sports, but also if you're Chris Ballard and I am, if I'm Michael Pittman and I start whining to you, you're going to look at me and say, okay, Michael, where on the resume does it say you've been an all pro? Where on the resume does it say that you have the highest yards per carry in NFL history through the first three years? Where in your resume does it say that you set a franchise record for rushing yards in a franchise that has Dickerson, Edgerin, and Lenny Moore, if you want to go way back to Hall of Fame type of running backs here, like that is not there at all. So I don't, yes, it sends a bit of a message to the locker room of like, okay, if you really carry that player's flag, maybe something can happen, but you better have the resume. And no one in that locker room has the first three-year resume like Taylor. Yeah, we, we, we got we to gotta take a break here. The only, the only thing that is criticism, and you said it, a couple months ago when we played that stuff and you guys were at the Indiana State Fair and you were milking cows and, you know, Jay Query's a big deal there. I know he's there serving ice Jay cream. Jay brought a stuffed cow, uh, if I remember correctly. <laughs> did he really? That he sleeps is, with. Is they have paid, and you said it in that video, they've paid a guard, they have paid a running back, 
right? And what's the other position? And they pay Jack and they pay yeah, Jack Leonard. Leonard. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it that would be the only. Now, I agree with this deal. I want to be clear with this. Anthony Richardson needs help. You're living in the precious present. This is a guy who's 25 years old, not a guy that's 35 years old who has had a big history of issues and everything else. But it just does. It just needs to be said for the next few years. You know, when you look at Nelson, when you look at Leonard, and when you look at Taylor, you do have big money into guys who are not, you know, so-called premium positions in the NFL. Two things. That means hard conversations are going to need to be had, and I think we know the player that falls into that boat. And two, you better draft. I mean, you better draft. And that's why a Bernard Ryman at left tackle, Andy, that looks like gold. I mean, we're talking – there's no way Ryman even makes a million dollars. He's your left tackle. No. And and he's your left tackle for the next three years. He's out kicking his coverage. Once he gets to that – end of his rookie deal, and obviously you hope a lot, lot longer. That's a conversation I think we can continue to have on the other side. Any thoughts on that? 317-239-1070, at KBowen1070 on Twitter, at the only Sweeney. And the latest on the Anthony Richardson front, is he indeed heading to Texas for a possible second opinion, potential surgery, those sorts of things? We'll get more into that as the show moves along. Nice start to this Tuesday. Another crisp morning here in Indianapolis. Thank you for tuning in to the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. KB mentioned before the break, pace. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Pacers Rockets tonight, 7.30 on the fan. Your home for the Indiana Pacers is right here on 93.5, 107.5. And then Colts and Jags Sunday. All that pregame coverage with JMV beginning at 9 a.m. A big one there in the AFC South. Well, let's keep the conversation going. The Jonathan Taylor contract, the Anthony Richardson injury. uh, Such a huge win over the Titans on Sunday. That sets up another big one in Jacksonville on Sunday. Joel A. Erickson joins us from the Indianapolis Star following the Colts there. Joel, a happy morning. How are you? Good, sir. I'm doing good. How are you guys doing over there? Man, we're doing fantastic. Trying to break down injuries and uh, bones and body parts <laughs> and everything else. Uh, I was at the game. I'm sure you were as well on Sunday. Richardson goes down there in the second quarter, writhing in pain. And now, you know, we, he's looking for a second, a third opinion. Is going to miss some time. We'll see how much time he ultimately misses. I give. I guess what interests you about this story, Joel? I mean, it's such a it's such a polarizing one. You take him number four overall, uh, and now all these injuries are starting to pile up. What do you make of the entire fiasco here, as Anthony Richardson said to miss probably a month, if not more? I, I, I just think it's it's a hard thing. Injuries like this are, are a hard thing to talk about and report on, just from the idea, just from the perspective that obviously he's he's left three of his first four starts, um, and, and that, that fact can't be escaped. It's also... You, <laughs> The, the people kind of want you to predict the future of what his body's going to do, and it's it's kind of impossible 
Um, it you is. Don't really know exactly. You don't really know exactly if if this is a a, a bad thing or 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 if, or if it's just a, a something that we'll look back on as kind of a weird start. It's it's really hard because you just can't. There, there's not. There's not really anything that can that can help you predict what it's going to mean going forward, uh, but that's what everyone wants you to do, and I, I don't know that I don't know that you can do that. Joel, I wanted to give you the opportunity. Anything to add from what Shane Steichen said yesterday afternoon? You know, you know, to be fair, obviously this information seems like the Colts are still gathering it, but whether it's other opinions, you know, the possibility of surgery, uh, anything else that, that that you can add? I I think. Just knowing, um, just knowing that there are some guys who play fairly quickly with an AC joint sprain. I think the fact that the Colts were able to say that he was going to miss some time um, is is maybe maybe an indicator of of where this is is heading. Like I, that was that was one thing I thought. But it, it, you know they're they're evaluating. I think it could go it could, it could go anyway. Uh, you know. Um, I know the numbers that are out there right now, uh, in terms of weeks off and stuff like that. I those those it sounded like those were premature, but that doesn't mean that the, it's not those. Um, so I do think though that there was the fact that it was going to miss some time right away. It's it's obviously more serious than you know like what Derek Carr is dealing with or what we've seen with some other quarterbacks when they kind of played through it. And he is Joel A. Erickson from the Star. He's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Joel, my thought overall is kind of you don't draft him at number four overall if you all of a sudden are going to say, yeah, he's not going to run the football anymore, or we're not going to, whatever, dial up design runs for him. But if Shane Sykin asked you, Joel, how would you try and go about protecting Anthony Richardson? What do you think? Is there anything you can do from a play-calling, play-style standpoint? Frankly, I actually thought style-wise he's made a couple more business decisions the last few weeks. Uh, than he than he maybe had previously, but anything you would suggest on that end of it? No, I'm I'm kind of with you, KB. I thought that since he came back from the concussion, we'd seen him, um, you know, slide a little bit more, try to get out of bounds a little bit more, try to kind of avoid the big hit. The the reality is, he's he's going to get tackled in some of these spots and. Honestly, I don't know if even taking the. I know he's been hurt on design runs so far. Um, that's that's obviously true, but like, there's there's not uh, there's no there's no style of play with him where he's not going to be with any quarterback really where he's not going to be hit. But with him specifically, I think I think even if you say we're not going to run the ball with him, he's still going to be running around in the pocket um, or, or running around trying to make a play from behind the line of scrimmage, and, and some of these these things could happen. I, I just don't think you can change that with the player uh, at this point. And, and and the other thing is the threat of him running. I mean, if you go back and watch uh, the Titan safeties on the on the Zach Moss run Oof. and the way they they mm-hmm. kind of hold, that's not happening with Gardner um, Minshew. <laughs> you know, that's that's the thing is is it adds something to the offense. Shane Steichen knows what it can bring to the offense. You're going to have to do it. You 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 can tell him to do some stuff. I, I the play that happened that he got hurt on this time. I don't know. It didn't feel like a reckless play from Richardson. It didn't feel like a reckless play call necessarily, uh, unless you're saying you can't run your quarterback ever. But I would say that even even in that case, like if you just kind of look at, I'll just throw Aaron Rodgers out for a second. Aaron Rodgers, it, it if you look at his his you know pro football reference page, it doesn't seem like he's missed a lot of games. 
the dude's been hurt a lot over the course of his career and in being able to I think he's played through a lot of them but he, he's been hurt too a lot and I, I don't think you'd think of him as a design run guy but he, he's a guy who scrambled around a lot in the pocket uh, Joel A. Erickson with us during the Payless Liquors Hotline Tuesday here on The Fan you know Minshew comes in does does anything change with Minshew and what I mean by that is you know we've seen him in small doses more doses maybe than what Colts fans wanted to see uh, and he's played well I mean he's been a fine player but uh, now I guess it is a little bit different. He's going to be the starter we know in Jacksonville and then going forward like you mentioned Joel, we'll see how many weeks AR may be out but now it kind of is his team at quarterback and teams are going to know that. None of this coming in uh, in the second quarter on the flip side, he always played in 32-33 NFL games you know I mean so people know what he can and cannot do. What changes with Minshew? Does the league catch up to him now that we know that he is the starting quarterback or do you expect kind of the same thing that we've seen early on on this season with him well you lose you lose the the first thing you lose is you lose what we just talked about with the the, the defense having to hold and try to figure out where the quarterback quarterback is on running play so you already lose you lose that um generally i i thought on sunday actually i thought on sunday actually he, he did a little bit more pushing the ball down the field and moving in the pocket than i'm than we're used to seeing from him um but in general uh he's gonna throw it it's gonna the ball's gonna come out of his hands quicker it's generally going to be shorter. Um, Next Gen Stats hadn't updated the um, hadn't updated the Colts Week Five to know this for sure, but he was he was in the top ten or bottom ten, however you want to look at it, in uh, intended air yards and completed air yards in the NFL so far. It, it, essentially, what I'm saying is he, he doesn't throw the ball very far down the field most of the time. Uh, a lot of quick game, I think, is what you're probably going to see, um, and and I think. I think he's going to have to push the ball down the field a little bit, though, because with Richardson gone and with Taylor in the backfield now, if you're a defensive coordinator, you're kind of probably going, I don't want those two backs to hurt us. Maybe you get maybe you get some single highs and he can push the ball down the field. But we just haven't seen that a lot from him through training camp and through the season. Again, I, you know, I thought on Sunday coming into that game, he did a few things that we hadn't seen him do. Trying to count them up right now as you talk. A uh, rough estimate looked like uh, Minshew's like 32 out of 36 quarterbacks in um, you know, pushing the ball down the field. Richardson a little bit more middle of the pack here through the first handful of games. Again, Joel A. Erickson with us from the Indianapolis Star. Joel, I want to go back to Saturday. It's crazy how many different topics you could probably throw, throw at you with the news cycle for the Colts in the last week or so. Um, it sounded like Jim Irsay didn't think this would happen when it did. You know, I I read that quote correctly, sooner than he had intended for it to happen. What do you think he meant by that? Well, he said all along that he didn't think the timing was right. He said that publicly several times that he didn't think the timing was right to sign Taylor. The Colts had said publicly both Ursay and Chris Ballard had essentially stood on what they'd said before, that they were not going to sign him until the end of his or until this year was up. Um, and I, I think that's it. They, they, the Colts changed their minds here in, in terms of when they were going to sign Jonathan Taylor. I don't think that's even anything that's behind-the-scenes knowledge. Like This is stuff that was out there um, in, in the public sphere. Because last time we talked to Ballard, it was we won four games last year. We want to see how he works with a new coaching staff. Um, they they change their minds, and, and the thing that makes sense to me uh, is 
this Colts team is better than they realized. Um, it, it, it's it's a team that I think it looks like it can be in the mix, especially considering the schedule they're playing. Um, and and with that, you go, you know, I, I don't know if you necessarily have to have an explosive running back for Shane Sykin's offense, but Shane Sykin really likes explosive plays, and I'm sure he'd really love to have – you know, I mean, the, the 56-yard run that Zach Moss had. I'm sure he'd love to have a few more of those uh, in his offense. So uh, that's that's kind of what I think. I think that the, the only thing that seems to me like it changed from training camp to now is that the Colts are better than, than we expected them to be. So you think this is more of a, hey, two and two, uh, Richardson look, looked a little better, et cetera, et cetera, and not necessarily to do with we've got to see Taylor healthy first. Yeah, it, it just feels like that because we haven't, we still haven't really seen like exactly like what Jonathan Taylor looks like. I mean, two practices to see his ankle. They, they've they've known what his ankle was going to be, but like you don't you don't really know that stuff until they're back on the field playing. Same thing with him being in the offense. Like you don't know that until they're on the field and adjusting against the game. It feels to me like that when they did it. That kind of stuff hadn't changed. The thing that had changed was was that Richardson and, and the Colts are, are better than I think we thought, and maybe they thought. The contract ex- uh, itself, uh, you know, you know, front loader. You can get out after a couple years. You get this guy uh, in his mid twenties. You know, when he's twenty seven. You can give him another deal, or JT can go out and get a deal himself. If you do break, you know, break up after uh, before the I should say before the twenty twenty six season, the dead cap money is only like two and a half mil, a little bit over that. So to me, JT's a winner. The fans are winners. The way it's structured, I think, is pretty damn good for the Colts. Is that how you view it as well, that finally these two sides came together and this deal just makes a lot of sense for where everyone is right now? Yeah, it landed exactly right about where we've talked about it landing kind of all off season. If you look at Nick Chubb's deal, this is going to be a little in the weeds, but if you look at Nick Chubb's deal from 2021, the average annual value for him was 6.5% of what the cap was at that time, like when he signed the deal. Taylor's deal is 6.2% of what the cap is at this time, and it's expected to rise, and they have a quarterback on a rookie deal and a left tackle on a rookie deal. It, it, it's, it's not, I don't think it cripples the Colts at all going forward in terms of what they can do. Um, yeah, that's, that's the other part of this. Is There's sort of like a, well, it, it's a very reasonable deal. Could we have done this yeah. months ago? Right. That's that right. question that's that I think is unanswered. Is could this have been done in June or July and maybe avoided some of all this other stuff that happened? Can Joel A. Erickson is with us here from the Indianapolis Star. Joel, last one from me. Uh, if anything, what do you think this Jonathan Taylor deal means for Michael Pittman? Uh, I think I think that they probably still want to resign him. Um and and I, I also think that it 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 just goes. It's another ch- uh, instance of them paying their drafted players who become who turn out good. So I think that's probably in his favor. The thing with Pittman is just always going to be um, he can get a lot on the open market. <laughs> He's a wide receiver. He can get a lot on the open market. And so um, I think that's the biggest thing for for his contract is is unlike unlike Taylor who kind of had to worry about. You know, if I got to the open market, am I going to get there? That kind of thing. It's it's all rosy for Michael Pittman 
Jr. in terms of his financial outlook. He he plays a position that the NFL is paying and paying really well right now. Rosie, in terms of no franchise tag, multi-year sort of thing? Uh, I think so because the franchise tag, the, the, the we just haven't seen... Am I forgetting somebody? Because I can't think of a receiver who's gotten franchise tagged recently. I know. It was all those running backs last year. I, I, I'm i with you on that. I'll be Googling it. You guys talk. I'll Google it, Joel. We'll find yeah, out I, here. I don't, think, I don't think there's been a receiver that's been franchise tagged. And the other thing is with receivers, um, because it's a position that everyone covets, like when we've seen teams kind of go to a contract standoff with them, Devontae Adams, uh, Tyree Kill, like – They've they've gotten they've ended up getting what they wanted eventually. You know what I mean? Like they've maybe they got traded or whatever, but they still got the the contract they were expecting. Um, and I, I think that I think that's probably it, even with the franchise tag, whatever's going to happen with that. Like ultimately, the market dictates that Michael Pittman Jr. is going to get paid some way. Whether it's from the Colts or from another team, Michael Pittman Jr. is going to get paid and get paid very well. I mean, like the the Christian Kirk deal, which is a couple years old now. If you look at Kirk's stats before he got his deal and Pittman's stats right now, Pittman has been more productive in the NFL. Like, and that was a deal that it was everyone thought was way too big. Well, it's gone up since then. I I just think it's it, even with an inj- even if there was an injury. I think Michael Pittman Jr. can can feel pretty good about the fact that someone somebody is going to, to give him the value he wants. Joel A. Erickson with us here. He's from the Indianapolis Stars. He he and he's hanging out on the Payless Liquors hotline. I'm looking at it, Joel. I mean, yeah, Devontae Adams got tagged, but didn't he get moved? He got tagged and then yeah. eventually and that was two years yeah, ago. Yeah, and that was a couple years ago. So yeah, there's not too Chris many. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin, yeah, he's the only one. There's been a lot uh, of tight ends. Yeah. That has Mike been Gusecki. It, if you're gonna throw the pass catcher, <laughs> you go back a few years ago, Mark's Bears with Allen Robinson. Ah, there you so, go. Of course, Allen Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, it hasn't happened too often, and uh, that number is projected nearly twenty-three wow. million for the wide receiver position for next year. Joel, last one for me. We saw the ten-point loss in Lucas Oil Week Number One, that big fourth quarter by the Jags. What do the Colts have to do to win the game? Quite frankly, on Sunday to be there, maybe a little bit closer than they were a few weeks ago at the end. I think they've got to cover the Jaguars' receivers. That's that's the biggest thing for me. I, I think that this pass rush. Sack numbers aside, I think the pass rush has been pretty good week in and week out. Um, and and when they haven't had the big sack numbers, there have been a lot of rushes that I felt like uh, the baby the ball came out faster than it needed to. They're gonna they have to cover those receivers. Lawrence Lawrence has been good lately. Uh, he gets the ball out of the pocket really fast. I think when I looked at the next gen stats yesterday, he's the second fastest in time to throw, uh, trailing only two a tongue of Iloa. Um, so the ball is going to come out really fast, and you got to find a way to make him hold it. And that's that's kind of on the coverage. It's it's on the disguise, and it's on taking away his first read. If he's got his first read, the ball is going to come out really fast, and it's it's essentially going to make it almost impossible for the pass rush to take over the way they've done in other games because the ball comes out too fast. Yeah, and again, uh, something to note, Zay Jones a little banged up in that game in London. He had uh, quite a couple of impressive catches in that Week 1 matchup. The depth of that Jags wideout group, obviously Ridley, but when you talk about Ridley, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, the Contesta Colts secondary, which has struggled with number one wideouts, but also with the amount of rookies playing back there, you wonder about the depth as well. Joel, appreciate the time, man. I know it's been quite a week uh, covering the Colts, so thank you.
Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, 9 o'clock hour, hanging out and broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. Tons to remind you of, including tonight, Pacers on the road in Houston. That coverage beginning right here on the fan at 7.30. And then you heard the promo there, Colts and Jags Sunday. All that pregame coverage beginning at 9 a.m. You'll hear uh, the play-by-play and then all of the postgame. Uh, yet another big one there in the AFC South. I think we have a guest coming on on Thursday. Right, KB. Yeah, Who's Mike Durocco ah, yes. from ESPN. That's our guy. Uh, we need to talk uh, to him about the. They still have the pool out in like center field, don't they? Well, there yeah. in Jacksonville, where you're in, like dudes basically just get in a pool with cargo shorts on. For once, it's like, <laughs> oh wait, they actually have a football team and not just a pool. You know, <laughs> but do women get in that pool or is no. it just guys? Yeah. I feel like One it's big just sausage. Yeah, fest. Like I've seen a lot of dudes there, I, not a lot of uh, coeds. No, I feel like it's just guys that look like me in cargo shorts. Uh, All right, let's talk injuries. Anthony Richardson obviously has been such a huge story here in Indianapolis. Will Carroll joins us yet again at Injury Expert. If you want to follow him on Twitter, underthenife.substack.com. Will, good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. You know, when that pool first opened, it was the FanDuel pool, and uh, we had had a ton of stuff in there. (laughs) I'm sure you – have you been in the pool? I personally no, no. I was working when I was down there, but uh, gotcha. It, it was an interesting, interesting little outfit. Do you know somebody who has been in the pool? I guess you I have do. a buddy. Yes. Okay. Well, we might have to talk off air exactly. Uh, Didn't think we'd be transitioning yeah, from the well, Jacksonville pool to the franchise quarterback <laughs> shoulder to an AC joint injury. <laughs> injury. But that's where we're at. The always informative Will Carroll's with us here on the Payless Sickers Hotline. Will, thank you for the time as always. Let's just start as basic as you can, even though the answer is probably a bit complicated. Yeah. What is an AC joint, and what does a sprain of it mean? Well, this one's this part of it is actually fairly simple, and you know, if, as long as you're not driving to work, uh, you can do this at home. If you just follow your collarbone all the way down to the end, you'll feel a little point, and then there's a you'll feel a little gap there before it becomes what's called the acromion process of your shoulder. So, the the actual joint, why we call it AC, is it's a chromioclavicular joint. In that little gap is the AC ligament. And anytime there's damage to a ligament, that's a sprain. So a grade three usually means it's either significantly torn and is not going to hold under stress or that it is completely ruptured. So that's what we're looking at. Now, the other problem is there's another structure just under it called the coracoid, and you get the CC joint between the clavicle and the coracoid. And this is where it gets really complicated because once that gap opens up in the AC, the clavicle, the collarbone starts to move. And if, it, if the coracoid process moves as well, you can actually get a situation where the clavicle collapses and your collarbone basically is what everything else in your body is hung on. So that can actually be life-threatening. We don't think that's the case here. We just think it's a significant sprain, could need surgery, and the surgery has gotten significantly different, uh, significantly better uh, in the last few years. You had mentioned yesterday on Twitter that, um, and I hope I'm saying this last name right, is it Meister? 
Yeah, Keith Meister. Okay, Richardson heading to see Dr. Keith Meister down in the Dallas area. Team physician, ironically, for the Rangers, so kind of a busy guy right now. He was at the University of Florida for a decade. I Mm -hmm. I bring that up because Richardson's Mm -hmm. team is, he wasn't there at Florida when Richardson was there, but, you know, agent and and people that, you know, would probably be influencing him on this decision um, certainly would, would I assume, have some familiarity or or at least a degree of separation or two. What would surgery mean for Anthony? Richardson in the rest of the 2023 season? Well, that's the thing. is This is so completely changed with the advent of what's called suture tape. Um, all you have to do is think back to Brock Purdy, the 49ers quarterback who had uh, surgery where they put an internal brace in his elbow and he came back in just months and he's looked pretty darn good. Keith Meister did that surgery as well. They can do that where they actually basically tie the uh, the joint back together, let the ligament uh, heal uh, under repair, and the the suture tape is what they call it, uh, that, that forms the brace. That basically makes it so the ligament can't be hurt. There's, it's stronger than the ligament's ever going to be. Uh, we've seen this use, same kind of thing used in knees. Uh, Tua Valoa has it in both high ankles. Uh, so we're seeing this used more and more, uh, and it's really successful. The problem is we don't have a case on a high-level quarterback like this. So I, I really can't say. Normally, you know, with a grade two, we're looking at four to six weeks. With a grade three, this used to be a season ender. But I can't give you a really good one because we just don't have very many examples at this level. Will Carroll with us at Injury Expert joins us here Tuesday on the Fan on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I was going to ask you what's the best and worst case scenario, but it sounds like it's just totally up in the air. That That's a fair thing for me to say, right? It's just a we don't know yet, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's going to suddenly run back in and play next week. That's just not going to happen. I think we're looking at a minimum of a month. I'll be surprised if he doesn't go on the injured reserve um, because you can bring him back in four weeks. And if it's a four- to six-week injury, what the heck? That just means you can bring in another quarterback just to be safe. They're going to have to do that, I think. Uh, so the upside is, you know, five years ago, I would have said this is a season ender. Um, you can come back from this. There's no question about it. It's not like his long-term future is in question. But, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a right. pretty broad uh, time frame. I, this is a silly question. And, again, this Dr. Meister seems to be – maybe he's a Dr. James Andrews uh, of when it comes to he these – yeah. one of his fellows. There so, you yeah. go, like, when it comes to these sorts of things. But we're looking at like a third option here for AR. Going down the road of the initial diagnosis, a second option, and then a third option, to me that signifies this is worse than uh, maybe we even initially thought. Is that fair? And then when you're getting two, three, four uh, different opinions, what does that mean in the medical world when so many people are looking at you know a particular injury? Uh, it's very common, uh, especially for a serious, high-value guy. Um, you know, like I said, Dr. Meister does all sorts of surgeries. He's a team doctor uh, for for the Rangers, as you said. Uh, he consults with a lot of other. Yeah, you know, there's really only about five or six doctors who are consulted on everything. Um, so it's going to be the same guys over and over. Um, it's one of those deals where there, there's certain doctors that people go to for certain things. You're going to hear Dr. Andrews. You're going to hear Dr. Meister. You're going to hear Dr. Elatrosh. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a very small community. And nine out of ten times, uh, it's going to be all of those. Will Carroll's with us again, the injury expert on Twitter, underthenife.com is where you can find his work. Will, is there such a thing as 
you know, athletes being injury prone or guys more prone to injury, if you will? I, I hate to use the term, especially with somebody as young as Richardson. You know, he had no problems in college. Didn't play that much, but uh, he, he had no problems. And in this one, he had uh, a concussion, which can happen to anybody. We saw exactly how it happened to him. Uh, and he has the same injury that two other quarterbacks have. David Carr has it. He has a grade one. Deshaun Watson had a grade two. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, and and we've seen this over and over. Tony Romo had this. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers had, had a, a similar one. He had an AC sprain, but he also broke his collarbone which is common, Um, you see a lot of these. The shoulders just have no protection. Everybody thinks, oh, but look at those big old shoulder pads. Um, When you're getting driven down and a guy lands on top of you, I mean, just think about how your shoulder moves when you're on your side sleeping. Now imagine a 300-pound man jumping on you, and there's not nearly as much give uh, as on a mattress on that, that turf. So is he injury prone? I I don't know. I, I wouldn't call him that. You know, the guy who tore his other ACL uh, after coming back from uh, uh, rehabbing his other one. Those are the kind of guys who might I might call injury prone. Would it? You know, Richardson just turned twenty one years old. I mean, I remember asking him a question at training camp. Well, like, hey, you know the. Sounds like you've put on some weight. Was that like by choice? And he's like, no, that's just my body growing. And and he's listed at six four and two fifty five. Like, is this something to where his body is still growing per se, and that is contributing to the variety of injuries, or is that dumb? Uh, that was kind of dumb because, you know, again, they're not associated anyway. It's not like his, his ligaments are falling apart. This is a, a very clear traumatic injury where other guys have this. You know, if you think back to the draft, we were all told that Bryce Young was going to be the injury-prone one because right. he was so small. <laughs> right. Uh, and he, he's, he's fine. Uh, this is just one of those things. It happens to quarterbacks because they're down and people land on them and shoulders are just constructed that way. Is there anything, Will Carroll, with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline? You know, a local columnist here wrote about it today, yesterday, and today, and we've talked a little bit about it. It's been a huge story in the NFL. The plane surface when quarterbacks go down, uh, you know, you're on turf there. Lucas Oil, does that have anything? Does that contribute anything to injuries such as this? To this specifically, no. Again, 300-pound men falling on you is not good for any part of your body, but especially the shoulder when you're in that position trying to hold on to the ball. Um, For feet and ankles, yeah, there was a significant problem. And a study was done back in 2016, and the turf has been changed twice since then. So is it better? I don't know. A lot of people complain that it's a flat surface. Most have a crown. You can see that kind of uh, arc in the middle. Um, so I don't even know if grass could be put in here without you know massive changes, which would uh, probably add to our tax burden. Um, but it, it's one of those situations where it's really difficult to say because we've seen this exact same injury on grass. You know, Deshaun Watson's happened on grass. I can't remember whether Cars was at home, which is grass, but it's inside, so it doesn't have the normal give. Um, I, I just don't see any way you could change it, and I don't think this one you can specifically blame it. When, you, when you're talking about, like, foot and ankle injuries like Derrick Henry had right. last year uh, playing in Indianapolis, yep, that one I'd look at. Okay, Will, in, in summer here, in here, and really appreciate your time on this Tuesday morning, you mentioned again Keith Meister, the head physician of the Rangers, 
course, someone that Richardson is heading to for another another opinion. Uh, we would be looking at about four to six weeks if rehab was chosen and if surgery was chosen. It'd be much longer than that. Is that correct? Four to six weeks is the low end on this. You know, with a grade three, um, it, it's difficult to say. Uh, and if if it's surgery again, we just there's not enough uh, examples at this level with uh, the, the new kind of surgery that they're using to put these back together to really give a good time frame. And we would not be looking at anything the long term. I guess I'm trying to picture throwing mechanism wise. What would it look like no, no. for him getting back to you know normal? He'd be fine. He'd be fine. Okay. Well, there we go. That's all I have for him. Outstanding. Will, give us a uh, give us a World Series pick. Uh, World Series pick. I'm still going to stick with uh, a repeat of Houston Philly. Uh, Houston Philly. Can they both series. lose? Uh, can they, can <laughs> they both lose? Houston Philly. There's no winner there. I'm a Yankees fan. Uh, there's no winner there. That's all you bad for me. The Red me. Sox. Well, <laughs> I'm not worried about them. They're peasants right now. I'm worried about these damn Philly teams. And Houston, of course, Houston would make it. They make it every year, of course. Exactly. Will, outstanding stuff. Appreciate it, Will. expert on Twitter, underthenife.com. Thank you, Will.